Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. So welcome to this week's episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. Um, as you will notice today, I'm doing things a little bit differently. So I've got a guest today. Uh, today we've got Annalise joining us. She is a qualified hypnotherapist and has also gone on to do extensive training in cognitive behavioural hypnotherapy. So if you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll know that cognitive behavioural therapy is something that I use quite a lot too. So it's great to be able to talk to another professional that uses that technique. So Annalise also runs courses on self-hypnosis, um, which is awesome. That's something that I really like to teach clients as well. And then the key thing that we're going to be talking about today is something you've designed with your partner, who's a PT, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, called Hypnosize, which is an online course for weight loss, uh, but it also includes well-being and fitness, um, hypnotherapy as well, as a kind of altogether concept that people can work on these different yeah. things together. So it uses a combination of hypnotherapy, uh, coaching, meal plans, and also exercise, and it's all completely online. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah, it was originally one-to-one, um, then developed into a class, then we decided that actually it would be far more accessible to people to have yeah, definitely. it all online. So. Especially for those people that can't get out or can't yeah. go do things. That's absolutely amazing. Um, so Hypnosize is available online, as we've just mentioned, but it's also part of a corporate wellbeing programme. So yes. you've got businesses getting involved. Yes, we're uh, just hopefully going to start rolling that out now in businesses. So we've got some people interested already. So Amazing. Fingers crossed it all. It's always fantastic for me when businesses get involved in the wellbeing of their, their employees because yeah. it makes such a difference. So the reason I've asked Annalise here today um, is because I was looking to explore different things that link in with anxiety. And something that I've noticed a lot in clients is that although they come to me for anxiety, they often complain about their weight as well and the way they feel about their weight, their weight is affecting their anxiety. So I thought I'd bring in an expert who can help us have a chat through some of these issues. And you've also got some tips for the listeners yes, that they do have a go at home. Yeah, easy, so easy, easy one, so. <laughs> so we'll start with a really simple question, really. How does being overweight affect anxiety? Um, I think that it's a vicious circle, really, a lot of the time. So yeah. um, I think it's, it's a bit of chicken or egg, really, which one is comes first but yeah. you know if you're overweight research that i came across just recently so there's uh, an australian study from 2018 found that middle-aged australian people tended to um, be more anxious and depressed than their healthier counterparts if they were overweight so okay. that had a, a direct link to that um, oh. and then last year a study in Switzerland showed a clear increased risk of anxiety and depressive disorders in children and adolescents who were overweight as well. So oh, wow. there's these clear links between um, anxiety, depression and your weight. Okay. Which one comes first um, is, is yeah, really? the chicken and egg again. But Yeah. So, you know, there's lots of, lots of ways they kind of link in. Yeah. So a lot of the challenges that a lot of my clients talk about with anxiety and weight loss is often how they feel on a daily basis. So I've talked a lot about what happens in the body when you have anxiety, mm -hmm. but how does that relate to weight gain in particular? Well, when you get anxiety, you obviously setting off the flight or fight response. 
uh, and that creates a lot of hot mess really inside yeah. your body of chemical reactions. The main one, the initial one being adrenaline, prepares you to or taps into your energy to help you fight or flee. Yeah. Um, but then it's the cortisol release that's actually the problem mainly, I think. So um, initially, uh, what that cortisol does is actually, and it's released obviously with stress as well as anxiety, but it actually causes you to start or prompts your body to start looking to replenish the energy that it thinks that you've lost when you've been fighting or running away. Okay. Obviously with anxiety, you don't use probably a massive amount of calories, but your body thinks it does. So yeah. that creates this kind of yearning for, for unhealthy foods. So um, it wants to replace them as quickly as possible. Also really um, increases your insulin levels. So it's that's why you crave sugar. Because oh, wow. it's, okay. it's sort of prompting you to, to look for those high energy foods to replace that food very quickly. Okay. What also happens as well, you, unfortunately with that a byproduct is you don't then crave the, you know, bananas or broccoli. Perhaps my great nephew did used to like eating broccoli a lot, but I think he's changed his mind. I think he's got older, he's been mm. uh, exposed to chocolate. But um, anyway, um, so yeah, so your body uh, releases chemicals in response to those sweet and fatty foods that actually can give you a bit of a high. So, yeah. um, and it can soothe, soothe the anxiety. So that in itself can become addictive because it's a soothing process. And so there's that emotional eating level. For as long as you stay anxious or stressed, your body will keep pumping out that cortisol. So you've got this ongoing um, problem of, of needing to replace the energy that yeah. that you've not actually used. So you're obviously going to put on weight because you're going to be taking in more calories than you've actually lost. There's not the correct sort of deficit there. Cortisol also encourages your body to store fat, particularly around your vital organs. So that actually can cause lots of health risks, um, eventually diabetes and heart disease, for example. So yeah. there are issues in that direction. Cortisol also hampers the production of testosterone, which is the muscle-building hormone. Okay, yeah. So um, for those who don't know, the more muscle you have or the more muscle mass you have, the more calories you're going to use up. So um, if your muscle mass diminishes, then you don't need as many calories. So uh, and you're, well, sorry, you're not um, going to be using up as many calories. So again, you're going to yeah. potentially put on weight with that as well. So there's a lot of... I suppose you know things that are going on under the surface that we not yeah, even realise. We we you know we often talk about emotional eating, but there's actually proper physical, yeah, biological reasons why we're craving that food and why we're putting on weight. A lot of people do talk to me about the fact that they just like need to have chocolate. And yeah. they almost feel like it's a it is a need, yeah, and they can't control it. They can't do anything about it, mm. and it kind of makes sense really if all of this stuff is going on in the body. That, that is going to be a need that our body is just trying to fulfill yeah and why wouldn't it if exactly. it thinks that's what it needs so yeah fascinating so that's kind of how emotional eating and weight gain can kind of become a bit of a cycle because mm-hmm. of course then the more stressed and upset we get about the fact that we're gaining weight uh-huh. the more anxious we feel the more cortisol is being produced and it's floating around the body yeah so that really leads us into how this can become quite a, an ongoing issue really for people definitely and I think it is 
it is definitely cyclical, you know. Um, again, which one came first? Is it yeah. the anxiety or the weight gain? And, and they feed into each other. And just sort of having, you know, weight issues can cause anxiety with so many things. It can you know, make people withdraw from intimacy and, yeah. and sort of relationships. At work, you might not put yourself out as much. And if, you're, if you've got a weight issue and you're anxious, then you're not going to probably put yourself out there. Yeah, definitely. To, into somewhere where you might feel like you're being judged or, yeah. you know, going into the cognitive distortion side of things. You know, you're mind reading that people are yeah. thinking all these things. You can have all the skills in the world, but actually what they're potentially going to be thinking is, oh my God, they think I'm fat or, yeah. you know, or they can notice that I'm getting really hot and sweaty yeah. um, because I'm anxious and they're probably going to say that's because I'm fat or, you know, all these sorts of horrible negative mental predictions that people can come up with um, are all going to affect affect us as well and, and in another side of things as well obviously anxiety affects sleep and if your sleep is poor that interferes with two other hormones um, leptin and ghrelin I think is their names and one of them tells you when you're full and the other one tells you to put your fork down and so if those are being interfered with as well then you've got all this against wow, you okay, it's yeah. obviously people with anxiety will quite often um, have sleep issues as well so yeah so I talk to my clients about worry and rumination mm. which is often what keeps them awake at night because they're worrying about things that are gonna happen mm. or they're ruminating on things that have happened in the past so definitely sleep I can see how that would feature yeah. as well yeah so there's really just a whole range of different things that can contribute towards being anxious uh -huh. and being overweight and then the difficulty of dealing with both of those issues at the same time must be quite a challenge uh -huh. for people yeah and I think actually sometimes when I see people for um, for anything really, I always ask about their sleep because it does impact on so many things. It you know not only like those chemicals, but actually helps you. You know, if you're having poor sleep, your ability to deal with things in the day is going to be diminished. You yeah. Know, because you're not going to be so mentally calm. You're probably going to be ratty and yeah. So you know, it, it's. I think you can't always just put it. You know into one thing there's yeah. always going to be like little things that come off and affect it all but I always ask people about sleep and um, obviously as a hypnotherapist um, I, I find uh, that often a really lovely side effect is that people often sleep better yes, after having hypnotherapy absolutely. so I tend actually not to focus on the sleep thing initially with anything just let it improve um, and just see how it goes and if it's continuing unless obviously people can't see me for insomnia <laughs> um, but you know I just kind of let hope that it, you know the the ripple effect of treating the anxiety will yeah will ripple out and actually have a positive impact on the sleep which then have and it usually does yeah. usually once you start tackling the issues that people are facing yeah. then lots of other things start to fall into uh -huh. so there's a lot of reasons why people can't lose weight or don't lose weight let's have a chat now about some of the barriers that people have particularly if they're struggling with anxiety yeah there, i think there are lots of barriers that anxiety does put up with um, regards to losing weight so actually even just initially leaving the house can be really anxiety provoking for some people yeah um, the thought of putting some gym clothes on yeah um, even buying them nice tight um, fitting yeah always helps. Um, I'm not the skinniest person in the world and I've actually just sort of decided sort of in the last couple of years I actually don't care what anyone else thinks um, which is quite liberating yeah I buy um, the brightest sort of snazziest uh, leggings that I can to go to the gym in and I actually don't care what other people think and actually 
I don't think they care what, what they think either. I, they genuinely, I don't think, are bothered. They're probably more likely to come and ask me where I got my leggings from, yeah. which has happened, rather than anything else. So, but yeah, so going to the gym, exercising in front of people, yes, um, I can see that being a big issue. Can be be a problem, and and something that happened recently when I was at the gym, there were two quite large ladies on treadmills, and I didn't actually see it, but I heard it. One of them actually sort of ended up getting kicked off and off the treadmill and face planted on the ground but you know I think some people would just react really badly to this yeah and I can probably be embarrassed and but actually she was with a friend they both started laughing <laughs> she got back on and it was lovely it was really and you know what I looked around because obviously doing what I do I was quite conscious of what was going on yeah um nobody laughed nobody reacted negatively at all whatsoever oh so, fantastic okay yeah um i've got to say it's a really the gym that i go to is a really lovely environment but it was really nice that there was that there was no kind of reaction to it it was yeah. just like oh someone's just falling off the treadmill i think most people that go to the gym regularly they know how hard it is yeah and they know how difficult it is to start so mm -hmm. i think for most people when they see somebody new making a mistake uh -huh. it's not really something they laugh at it's more something that they think oh yeah i yeah. can't remember doing that yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well i hope i don't ever do I've that i've certainly jumped on a treadmill before and thought no yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes when you put it, turn it up it goes yeah. a lot quicker higher it goes higher slower so you keep pushing it up and then you're like oh no 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 like way too high yeah <laughs> Yeah, again, you know, people might just be uh, self-consciously embarrassed. And also, some of the, the things that happen to you when you exercise just physiologically are the same things that happen when you are anxious. So, feeling hot and sweaty, yeah. maybe a bit wobbly. So, it's really important, I think, to be able to distinguish between the two of those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you do start working out, so that you can not be scanning your body and interpreting that as anxiety yeah um but actually seeing it for what it is actually it's really a good thing yeah definitely. in that instance so um you know I, I always feel like i've achieved something if i come out of the gym hot and sweaty so yeah that's kind of the idea yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you don't look very attractive but hey also i think with anxiety sometimes it can dampen your um appetite as well so there's that, that opportunity to miss meals and that can obviously have an impact on on your weight if you're skipping meals and your body yeah. then starts to store because it doesn't know when it's getting yeah, its next meal or or actually often as well if, if you're not sort of planning enough then you're gonna just pick, pick some rubbish food rather than actually yeah. plan something healthy if you, if you get to the stage you're just really hungry and emotional mm -hmm. eating it does come on very quickly so um, you know normal sort of hunger just sort of comes on gradually but emotionally it tends to be quite quick so I think that um, you know if you're in that situation and you just want to grab something you're going to just grab something quick and easy rather than spend half an hour maybe yeah, absolutely. preparing something so yeah I mean I, I sometimes see a lot of criticism leveled at people who do things like meal prep mm -hmm. um, but actually I can see why it's a really good idea yeah. I have to say I do plan my meals in yeah. advance because it just makes life so much easier yeah. and certainly skipping meals I know from a personal level it utterly ruins your energy levels uh -huh. It makes you far more hungry in the future and doesn't really achieve what you want no, to. So no, yeah, I can true. see that being quite a big a barrier to losing weight, even though people probably think it helps them lose yeah. weight. Yeah, this is and also, you know, I think there's again, I'm not a nutritionist, but if you look on on any nutritionist website, you know, you see these comparisons between, I don't know, McDonald's and a healthy meal. Yeah. The healthy meal is usually much bigger yeah. than the actual size and you know, the thing is we do eat visually yeah. and so that would seem like a massive meal. 
where actually calorie and nutrient wise it's actually probably spot on but yeah you know, it looks so much bigger than that big mac or whatever it is that's yeah it's the same calories so that idea that you're eating less you're not actually yeah so, so being mindful of like the calorie density really yeah, yeah yeah and i think there is that like again that sort of um so the link between you know size and calories mm-hmm. is something that's that's worth keeping yeah, in mind definitely something i find quite useful is um i always because i do running and i'm training for the marathon i've become quite aware of how many calories you burn mm-hmm. running and for me personally it's about 100 calories a mile um so when i want a chocolate bar <laughs> i have a quick look at the calories and i think wow that's like three miles yeah yeah <laughs> and you don't yeah. realize it because it's such a small thing yeah and that, i think that you don't realise often. Yeah. I think they did say at one point that they were going to, they, they thought that would be a good idea to put on the back of how many miles, yeah, how many miles of running <laughs> it would take to turn that off. I don't know if that would make any difference. Um, so, yeah, we talked about the barriers to losing weight um, and looking stupid. Certainly, because I deal with anxiety all the time, that's probably one of the biggest things that I hear mm. is that people are worried about what other people will yeah. think. So that kind of mind reading. And if you haven't listened to my previous episode, I have got an episode which is specifically on cognitive distortions. And you can also go on my website and download a worksheet to work out your own cognitive distortions. So it's worth having a look at that because they tend to underpin a lot of the issues that we have in life. Yeah. Uh, because it's what we're saying to ourselves and what mm. we're thinking to ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, the way we think and feel definitely a huge barrier to losing weight. Okay, so we've talked quite a bit about why people tend to struggle with their weight when they've got anxiety, emotional eating and that cycle of how it ends mm-hmm. up making us put more weight on, uh, why people don't lose weight, the things that might mm-hmm. stop them. So it'd be really useful now to give people some ideas about how they might be able to improve some of these things. So we had a chat before doing the podcast and I asked you to come up with some tips. <laughs> <laughs> so just to put you massively on the spot, what are your <laughs> top tips? Um, so I did prepare seven little tips and, and you know they are little tips yeah. you know so we don't want you know people to make massive great big strides and put themselves out of the comfort Perfect. zone and then actually then have to withdraw so I'm not a personal trainer but you know one of the things that's come out I think in the last few years in research is how much walking and being outside in the fresh air yeah. is so beneficial and, and the, the research that I was sort of came across um, said brisk walking for 30 minutes three times a week will actually you know can help with anxiety um, isolation depression negative mood but you know you can actually make it really social as well so if you are at work you could go for a 10 minute brisk walk three times a day you know you can break it up you don't have to do 30 minutes brisk walk at the same time splitting that up Um, but yeah 30 minutes uh, three times a week has actually been shown to have really beneficial um, benefits. Fantastic. So, so just start, you know, starting little, you know, just small steps. You yeah. know, if you can't briskly walk, then you know, just walk. So anything where you're moving is going to be beneficial for okay. you. Um, tying in with that is actually to get yourself a walking and exercise buddy, because actually, you know, it could be quite nice in, in Basingstoke, and I don't know if this is all over, um, all over the country, but we have something called Mental Health Mates, and they actually organise monthly walks where you just okay. go. You can have a walk, um, chat about stuff. I've um, not heard of that actually, that's really useful to know. So yeah. for people listening in the UK, that was... Mental Health Mates. Okay, um, perfect. But I, I, I don't know if it's just local to my area or if there are ones all yeah. over the country. But, but wherever you're listening from, it's worth having a look into what yeah. things there are locally for things like that. Or creating your own, you yeah. know. 
even better. All you all you have to do is have a venue and and and, well, do, and some trainers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just somewhere to go. Okay. Um, so again, going back to the thinking distortions that you mentioned, you know, really they underpin so much of our lives. Hence your podcast. <laughs> um, I think it's really important to choose an exercise you enjoy. Um, yeah, I agree. Actually, I spoke to you before about not liking running yeah um and it's only when actually a pt said to me well don't run then that actually i <laughs> felt that i didn't have to run anymore because yeah. it's free it's outside and i really like the idea of running but actually yeah. i don't like running so yeah i don't do it so you know if you like dance you know oh yeah definitely stuff, dance is fantastic. um zumba or you know there's all sorts of things if you like more of a kickboxing thing there is there's so many different types of, sort of exercises that in classes that you can do if you like doing weights you know find a a gym that you know specializes in strength and endurance perhaps so you know finding something that you like is is going to be beneficial if you know horse riding yeah (laughs) Um, it must be amazing for your core i would suspect if you know I think one of the things that I actually use with a lot of my clients is to get them to create a reward list. Okay, so um, we're really good at beating ourselves up. Yeah. When we don't achieve stuff, or we don't, you know, we don't do something, or we don't achieve that weight loss, or we don't get that bit of homework done, or we, you know, whatever it is, we're really good at criticizing ourselves and putting ourselves down. So the idea with a reward list is that you you choose a list of rewards of things that. You know when you achieve a certain um, goal that you reward yourself so if it's weight loss it might be you know every four pounds for example or every half stone or every stone depending on how you, how you want to do that but actually having things that you really are going to look forward to you know if you don't like having nails done don't put that on a yeah. on a reward list um, I had a client the other day who's actually seen me for something else and his reward was a thousand pound kayak so um, oh, wow. <laughs> but you know it but it can be something really expensive, but actually it can yeah. just be going for a walk with your friend, meeting up for coffee somewhere. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything massive, but something that you're really going to look forward to that's going to motivate you. I really like that idea, actually, yeah. creating a reward list. Yeah, and I, I use it a lot. I use it sometimes combined with a visualisation board as well, so mm-hmm. that can help. Oh, use that with a lot of my weight loss clients. So, so with a visualisation board, I get them to prepare a list of things sorry list of rewards but also a list of things that they want to do as they reach their ideal size and shape so um, some of my clients don't want to lose actually that much so there are not many things that necessarily physically are going to impede them but psychologically there may be things that they won't do I wear a bikini for example Um, other people you know might have 10 stone to lose so um, there are going to be things that that actually they might impact on like going on fair rides, theatre seats and things like that. Yeah, so absolutely. all those sorts of things um, are going to be key. And one of my old clients, actually, she one of her pictures or things she wanted to do was wear skinny jeans and Ugg boots. So, yeah. um, But then what we do with those things is actually get pictures and put them all on either a, a bit of paper, um, Pinterest, screensaver yeah. in a notebook doesn't matter just so that you can look at it so that it can motivate you and keep you focused on what your goals are and what you want to achieve so that's amazing you can put pictures of you know how you want to look as well yeah you know 
countries, if you want to go travelling, you know, awesome. absolutely anything can go on there, but it's just to give you that kind of motivation. Really cool. So feel free to steal that. <laughs> and everyone listening, make sure you steal that. Yes, and also <laughs> we want to see pictures yes. of your visualisation <laughs> boards. Um, another thing I think is key, and you know, particularly you know, with anxiety, you do tend to be a bit kind of like that all the time. Um, like what, sorry, people are listening to this. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> a bit physically stressed and tense, yeah. perhaps. Um, so I think, you know, any t- form of relaxation, whether it's a hypnosis recording, mm-hmm. meditation, mindfulness, a soak in the bath, a yeah. walk, um, any of those things, just, you know, be, you know, be, let, let yourself relax, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah, definitely. that's often the key. And I don't know if you find this with your clients. I know that obviously relaxation isn't a key factor in hypnosis in itself. It's a nice side effect. But a lot of my anxiety clients afterwards say it feels weird because they're actually not used to their body yes. feeling that relaxed. And so yeah. they can't explain it until you say, well, actually, it's because. <laughs> this, this is what normal yes. feels like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. That is a key feature. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, which I think is really quite relevant at this moment in time with all the stuff that's been going on recently, is actually to just be kind to yourself, you know. Mm, if you, um, you know, go somewhere and you actually have a big bit of cake, one big bit of cake every now and again isn't going to really impact on your goals too much. If you miss a, a gym session, yeah. it's, not a, it's not the end of the world. And I think in those instances, you know, looking back on what you've learned from those situations you know why did you miss the gym you know if it was actually a valid reason that's okay um if it was because you know you weren't feeling great or whatever what could you have done that might change Mm. that um one of the things i love when i go to the gym is having a really great playlist yeah and music itself (laughs) is just so can be so uplifting yeah music so um really helps yeah it helps with my marathon training a lot it's difficult to get excited about a 12-mile run. Um, but then when you think, actually, I can listen to this like whole album of an artist mm. I haven't listened to in ages, yeah. then you kind of get lost in it. Yeah. So, yeah, good playlist. Yeah, it's a good, good distraction. So, yeah, like I said, finally, that final thing, just be kind to yourself. And actually to others, you know, if you're in the gym and you see somebody fl- yeah. face plant, you know, don't sort of mock or whatever or see yeah. somebody overweight running at the side of the road you know they're doing so much better than the people yeah. that sat at home on the sofa so um, yeah definitely that's fantastic you know. definitely be kind to ourselves yeah. it's a really important message to take away from this mm-hmm. so to talk a little bit more about your hypnotized program um i've had a look at the um information online um, and obviously we've talked about it ourselves mm-hmm. the thing that struck me was that it's it's really great actually for people who have never exercised before because often people particularly I think middle-aged women who've had children and they've kind of put themselves on the back burner really whilst they've dealt with lots of people's needs mm-hmm. they're coming at exercise from a place of really nothing yeah um, and that can be terrifying for people I think I've always been very lucky that I've always been very active so even when I've gone on to do like marathon training mm-hmm. I've got a base level of exercise that I usually do, but for some people that doesn't exist. So for a complete beginner, how easy is it to to use hypnosize? Well, we actually have designed it for complete beginners, yeah. um, for that reason that actually a lot of people don't like going to classes, they don't like going to gyms. So this is actually a really good way to start. And when when we actually designed the the, the group class that was aimed at people who didn't like going to the gym who yeah. didn't like exercising and, and it was the you know i remember one of the first weeks because um, we ran it originally in an eight-week class but um 
we one of the, one of the first sort of classes of the AB course. I just remember you know a lady there just who was who was you know quite overweight saying, "Oh my God, I didn't think I could exercise." Yeah. And just that in itself, you it's know, empowering. Yeah, exactly. That she actually, you know, and we had some funny moments over the the weeks with people not being able to coordinate themselves and some yeah. of the stuff. But <laughs> you know what? You that know, to all it was such things. a safe environment that actually they didn't care. Yeah. Um, but it, like I say, the, the online program is is actually based on people not having exercised really at all. Okay. So, so um, if you've never done anything before, this is a great place to yeah. get started. So the, the online version is twelve weeks, but every f- four weeks you get a new exercise program. So it, it's sort of there's phase one, two, three. Um, the first one is obviously quite low impact, you know, um, to get people started. But all of them come with videos and verbal and um, and written descriptions of the exercise so you know exactly what you're doing you're not just being told to do a press up <laughs> there's you know you're getting the full kind of um, you know the full almost like being in a class yeah yeah you're in your own home where nobody can see yeah exactly <laughs> and then you know we combine that with obviously lots of other things as well over those 12 weeks so so we talked at the start about how it combines coaching and hypnotherapy talk to me a little bit about what those things cover so like i said it was a 12-week course with these you know the exercise plans but the hypnotherapy side of things um well every week there's a little bite-sized coaching sort of session which is you know probably five or six minutes long so it might be emotional eating one week um might be um sleep another week stress we cover as well so yeah it's not necessarily the things that are directly to do with weight loss but there are things you know gaining a sense of control things like that and actually some self-hypnosis and and actually the idea is that every four weeks so uh, at the beginning and, and throughout every four weeks you are actually taking measurements you're um completing fitness tests uploading okay. photos if you want oh that's um, so yeah so it's, it's kind of all there um because although we talk about weight, actually, there are lots of factors that can impact on the yeah. weight, and you might sort of be on that scale and not have changed weight, but actually, by you know, physiologically, yeah. I suppose, you know, you might have lost fat and put on muscle, so yeah. that interferes with that. So we don't focus just on that weight. We we bring lots of other factors in, and actually, um, you know, like I said, the fitness. Uh, testing as well actually can really help and that's motivating it's just another measure of how you're progressing because ultimately that's what you want to do be progressing and and you know if you can see that in black and white um, that's great and each week there's a hypnosis session as well for people to listen to uh, and there are lots of you know techniques that we feed you along the way that you can use in different scenarios so oh wow um, so it's an all-round yeah we've kind of chucked so much in it there's a meal <laughs> some meal plans in there as well there's some really really nice recipes in oh that's um, cool i always like so, recipes. yeah so <laughs> and we give bonus things out as well there might be bonus recipe um books or oh, you know, some other things so we we try and sort of throw as much as we can so um sometimes i wonder if we've put too much into it because you know there is a lot to do particularly on the first week with measurements and that but actually i think that's really a key thing is to actually have some a starting place it doesn't matter what that measurement is um 
it's the fact that that number is going down yeah that, that creates you know the difference that actually impacts on motivation as well yes yeah, definitely so. and i think for a lot of people now it's useful to have all that information and know that all these things are contributing towards it yeah. so the fact that you're dealing with sleep issues dealing with stress dealing with all these other things mm. i think is a really fantastic yeah. thing so you've been very kind to our listeners and you've offered us some money off what is already a very affordable course yes is that correct yes so, right no 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 you're fine um so it's only 60 pounds um for, for, 12, weeks. for 12 weeks so yeah. it's five pound a week so it's, yeah. it's you know it's just a little bit more than a, a, a cup of coffee uh, you know a, a restaurant or whatever so um but what we're going to do is offer uh 25% off so it's 45 pounds wow okay um, that you'll get that course for so you have you basically have access to it for sort of uh, 12 weeks and then another four weeks that you can actually okay. um, go back over, go back over it and things like that and that's amazing um, fantastic okay so if anyone listening would like to take advantage of that offer which i would strongly recommend you do <laughs> quick um then all you need to do is head to the link in the description of the podcast and they'll take you straight to the the place you need to go to be able to get that offer Uh, so make sure you grab that quick before all the spaces are filled up Mm. Uh, but thank you so much for coming along and thank you for sharing all of your expertise um, particularly with something that is quite emotional for people and quite tricky for definitely yeah so yeah thank you very much for coming along my pleasure and uh, i'll speak to all of you listening next week instead Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.